Goo, Swaggoo, and Perk. And we back in effect. You know how it is. Representing it with, with, with look, where our cousins at right now. Cousins. Where they at? Where y'all at, man? I'm hoping your Miller Lights, Budweiser's, Heineken's. I don't know what you drink, but goddamn, that's a yak. Yeah, wine. Hit, we, hit you know, we go from we go from po to mo, hit po it. to mo. <laughs> hey, look, hey Swaggo, I'm so glad you came on today and didn't show me up. I, you know, I was getting tired of you coming on there with them frames on your face, man. And man. the whole focus, the whole focus was not on the topics, but the whole focus, our fan base kept telling me about, man, do you see uh, swag goo frames? And the day you came on, you came on and you just, you just came right over there with a little bro, but look, we got- I got your back, big homie. Hey, hey, first of all, hold on. Before you go, you ain't gonna, you, you shade me today with the piece to chain on today. Oh, so I, so you decided to put on the damn jacket and I, put the piece to chain I, on today. Hey, I went H Town style. I could <laughs> let my chain hang to my, I could do that. Already. Already. Hey, Show us remember, around by sound. And, and, and at least it stops right here though. You remember it back do. in the day, you know, them long piece of chains. Belt buckle. Yeah, belt buckle uh, uh, right to your knee. Yes, right sir. Yeah, tall tees and long chains. It'll reach all the way down to your ACL. But look, hey, <laughs> hey, listen, we got a lot to get into. All right, check this out. You've been I, busy I, this week, homie. You've been busy. I know, we but you've been, been busy. busy. You okay? I, I, all right, I, go ahead, go ahead. I gotta give you flowers, though. I ain't gonna lie. Before I get into this first topic and we dive into it, hey, dog. The, the the big man edition on NFL Live. Oh, that thing slapped yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, boy, hey, I said you were shining like new money. Hey, new we go, money. I'm gonna come on, I'm gonna come on NBA today. We gonna get you, we gonna find you a segment for the big dudes that's hooping. Yeah, I love I love everything about it. So I know yeah, yeah. I I gotta get your I need you to be open and honest with me on this topic. Okay. okay? I know you saw what happened. You, nothing goes past you. People don't realize. Well, they they know now that not only do you do football, but you also do basketball. You you mm-hmm. big in hoops. So mm-hmm. you know, Jason Tatum. I played for the Celtics. He's playing for the Celtics. We had a little back and forth in exchange on Twitter and things to that nature. I need you to tell me how you felt about the situation. I need you to be open and honest with me. Tell yep. me if I'm tripping and just give me some insight and some breakdown what you thought about what happened with us. Now, let me let me explain to the audience real quick what happened. Okay? Hey, I put out a tweet that said Jalen Brown, you know, he went for his first career triple-double. Jason Tatum went 6 for 14, but the Celtics won though. Okay? Jason Tatum responded and said Let's normalize uplifting, not uh, degrading or, or, you know, killing another person to put another man up, okay? And then Mama Tatum also got involved, his mama, and, you know, she wrote a, a whole tweet about me and my, you know, uh, stats when I played, and she Googled me and then put my version of carry on. So I need to know how you felt about the whole situation. Yeah, man. So first, initially, when I when I saw the when I saw the tweet from you, um, I was like, accountability. That's all it was about. It was just about accountability. It was about how are the Celtics going to be the basketball team that everybody expects them to be. Now, Perk, here's the thing, bro. And then the first thing that came to my mind when I saw the back and forth was, you know, sometimes you and I, we get criticized because we're not of this generation of sports guys. Mm-hmm. Our mentality is different. And I'm not sitting here like I was a Hall of Famer or a Pro Bowler consecutively. It's just the generation in which I played, the criticism was a part of it, and you didn't respond because the person that we, that was either talking to you or the person you was going back and forth with, it ain't matter that much to us. Like that's just that's just the generation we was in, right? So now you got this generation who sees, hears, and knows everything that's being said about them. And and and, and it's a credit to you because one thing, you those type of guys, Jason Tatum, guys that's playing and having successful careers, they don't respond to nobodies. Right. They respond to dudes that they know, know of, respect. 
and have an idea about what type of work you put in in the NBA. And you my dog, and everybody knows that on this podcast, and if I thought you did something egregious or wrong, I'll tell you right now. But I, I, I honestly believed when I looked at the tweet, and, and, and let me, let's me let take people behind the, the camera and the mic. I didn't call you. I didn't text you. What? I didn't hit you up and be like, Perk, what's up? What, what's going on with this, man? I knew what the tweet was about. Mm-hmm. The tweet was about, I want you and Jalen Brown to hoop at the same time and raise the level of play with the Celtics. Now, how that's interpreted how that's received by Jason Tatum, he got a right to feel how he want to feel. I didn't think it was degrading. I didn't think you was knocking another man down because another man had success. I thought it was a challenge. I thought that's what I took it at. Like when we used to walk in the gym or when I I used to walk out on the, on the football field and Bill Parcells would challenge me, I didn't think he was taking a personal attack. Come on. I didn't when, come on. when he was telling me DeMarcus Ware was playing out of his mind and I need you to come on, come I on. didn't look at it as he was knocking me down mm-hmm. to raise DeMarcus Ware up. That was the reality of the situation. Ooh. We not we we never going to be on this podcast and not acknowledge that Jason Tatum is a young budding superstar in this um, league. Everybody know he can hoop. Everybody knows that he can be a face of a franchise, and he'll probably have a Hall of Fame ceremony at the end of his career. That's the type of talent that he has. But I'm I'm starting to have a real problem and get pissed off with the sensitivity, Perk. I got to be honest, bro. Like, I got a lot of respect for these dudes, and we try to play it coy because we don't want to be the old dudes on the stoop saying, y'all need to do it the way we did it. But the sensitivity in that particular situation to me was just so overblown. Like, bro, nobody nobody attacking you. Nobody comparing their career to your career. And by the way, mad love for Jason Tatum's mom. I'm all for parents standing up for their kids, and I got mad respect for that. And it's hard to come on here and go back and forth with that. But, Perk, you are an NBA champion. And you did play a vital role in the Boston Celtics winning a NBA championship. Now, you could get lost in KG, Ray, Paul, Rondo. You can get lost in them guys. But ultimately, you were a vital piece of a championship basketball team. Mm -hmm. And I think what Jason Tatum needed to understand in that moment is that you expect the Boston Celtics brand and and, and the standard that you guys set and guys set long before y'all set – to be carried to where it need to be. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let you speak on it. I'm not taking your back because you my brother. If you was wrong, I would say, Perk, you was disrespectful and wrong. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't have spoke on Jason Tatum like that. But pointing out the fact that you want both of the superstars to put great nights together on the floor so the Boston Celtics can be a better team, I ain't see no problem with that. And I saw a lot of sensitivity. And that's a that's a really tricky word in this era that we live in now. Because everybody, you know, you ain't tough and you it ain't about being tough. It's about how you receive things. Jason Absolutely. Tatum, a message from an OG family. I know you don't know me from Adam. I know you don't you don't probably care about my opinion. But when guys like Perk or old school guys from the NBA call you out about your performances, it's because they got respect for your game, homie. It don't got nothing to do with trying to degrade you. It's all about the respect that they have for the way you play. Perk, I'm going to put my mic down. I'm going to let you talk, bro. That's how I interpret it. So so let me let me start off by saying this. First thing first, Mama Tatum, hey, look, I know you was protecting your baby. And hey, I have yeah. no problem with it. You're protecting your child. But in, in, in the same breath, see, you got you to gotta go back and keep the same energy of when I'm also – praising your child Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of the season I said that I cannot wait for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to show the world why they're going to be the best duo in the NBA I remember okay I remember so so with that being said how you feel about the Cowboys that's how I feel about the Celtics Celtics. yep now now on the flip side of things we both have jobs to do so Mm -hmm. I can't be biased I can't say Oh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playing well when they're not. The 100%. Celtics are 20 and 21. These are the same two that in their young career have been to multiple Eastern Conference Finals, have been a, a top three, top five team in the, in the East year after year. And so when I look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together, first of all, let me talk about the tweet that I put out. 
The reason that I put that tweet out was not to uplift Jalen Brown, and it was not to criticize or or, or degrade. Downgrade, yep. yeah, de- yeah, degrade or whatever you want to call it, Jason Tatum. Because if it was vice versa, then I would have switched the names. So my yeah. whole point in saying this is because two or three days before that, I said that it's time to break them up. Now, will they break them up? Probably not. Do I want to see them two get broken up and and move on? No, I don't. But at the same time, I also want to see you two guys take over this franchise like I know y'all capable of doing. And if I got to be the one to come on here and ruffle some feathers, then damn it, I'm going to do it. So So when I put that tweet out, it was because of what I said two days later that and, it, and I still stand on this, that when one of those guys have a great game, the other one don't. And it's, no. it's, it goes, it has, it's been that way throughout the whole course of the season. I want those two to shine together. I want those two because just think, they got rid of Gordon Haywood a few years ago because he was in their way. They got rid of Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker, yep. He was in their way. And so now I need to see more out of you guys. And when I say that, we know they could go out there and get 40 or 50 or even 60, both of them. But when I look at them and put them in a category with the other superstars around the league, young superstars, when I put them in there with Donovan Mitchell, he's upped his assists. He's averaging over five. When I look at Giannis, he's upped his playmaking ability. He's averaging six assists. Joel Embiid, career high in assists right now. Why are you two only averaging three assists and four assists is beyond me right now. Perk, perk. And, and, and to your point, they own teammate pointed to this. They own teammate. Marcus Mark- Smart talked about this earlier this season, bro. Yes, like, yes. Like, go, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. And so and so that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Me too. But, me too. But, but then I have a bigger problem. And it has nothing to do with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at this at this moment. I got a problem with the Celtics fan base. Okay, I played there eight and a half years. Maybe I got certain expectations that they don't have anymore because when mm. I was playing, when I was playing there, it was all about championships. Matter of fact, they called their city City of Champions. Because if you look at what the Red Sox do, the Patriots, the Bruins, the uh, the Celtics, they win championships. So now when I look, are y'all just okay? So so now the Celtics fans want to call me a hater. How am I a hater? Because I have high expectations for an organization that I love, that I bleed green. I bleed green. But it I'm goes, not- it, it but- goes back to what I was saying, bro. It's the same thing with Cowboy fans. I said a couple weeks ago the Green Bay Packers was the best team in the NFC, and I had people talking about you ain't no real Cowboy fan. I'm, I'm like, bro, are you watching the same thing I'm watching? Because I'm not going to get on these ESPN airwaves and lie because I want to feel good about something, dude. Like the expectation is the expectation. You played in Boston. When I was in Dallas, the expectation was to win a Super Bowl, but we had a long way to go and we had some opportunities where we knocked on the door. But the bottom line is everything that I've equated the Boston Celtics to that I've known the Boston Celtics to be and the fan base is to expect championships and expect their stars to perform consistently. Yes, and I wasn't – I'm going to say this. I wasn't the only person that called them out. Al Horford even said some things in the media uh, about them finding themselves individually and looking in the mirror, and Jalen Brown then came right after him and basically disagreed. So my thing is – Get it together, okay? Because as much as I want the Celtics to succeed and root, and I want to root for them, you have to understand. Steve Pags, who's one of the, the owners, Wick Grosbeck, who's one of the owners, they're in my phone right now. I talk to them once a month. So at the end of the day, I'm expecting the Celtics to be collard greens with neck bones in them. <laughs> yeah, and you know how I feel about collard greens, smoke yeah, neck yeah. bones. But right Ooh. now, but right now, they're looking like unsalted asparagus. Okay. Yes. So yes. so that's the greens I feel like that's you talk about kale and that they're unsalted asparagus. 
And we already know if you don't season asparagus right, don't even bring it my way because you got to make just okay. go outside and eat the grass. Yeah, just go outside and do what you do. Now, peace, thank, and everything. Just for yeah, no but that, that's that's it. There's no. I just want to clear that out. No beef. All right. With me and Jason Tatum, Mama Tatum was doing what she do, what any other parent would do. But but at the end of the day, my expectations are still here. For both of those guys and the Celtics organization, not yep. the 10th and 11th spot in the Eastern Conference. Well, let me make one last point because I think it's important. The one thing we'll never do on this show is lie to y'all, okay? Y'all might disagree, but me and Perker never lie to you. We'll never lie to you about our opinions. We'll never lie to you about how we got to read on the situation. Another thing we'll never do, we'll never disrespect y'all parents or the players' parents. So Mama Tatum, we ain't disrespecting you, and I hope you don't take it this way. We are uplifting you, Queen, because you yeah. did exactly what you're supposed, supposed to do for to your do. child. Absolutely. Right? Period. They, and he, he's in an arena where he will be criticized and he will be praised. Mm -hmm. And you have every single right to defend your son yep. every possible chance you get. Because I know Mama Spears would. She'll be on them damn Twitters <laughs> killing people if they was on their son. Hold on, so, hold on, hold on. Mama Spears got a Twitter? Mama Spears got Twitter, baby. Oh. Called My Grands Four on Instagram too, and she huh. want all the smoke. I, I know one thing. You better send me that link because I didn't even oh, know. Yeah. I, and oh, I'm yeah. I, I'm I not following Mama Spears. That's I know. A, I know. That's you gotta follow Perk. I so, swear to God, bro. My mama might be one of the funniest people well, I ever well, met. Well, in my well life. you better send me that link. I will. You better, I, send, I, I, man. You, better <laughs> you better copy and paste right into my text. God damn it! I need to hear. CSX, a growing Fortune 500 logistics company, has immediate openings for freight train conductors. If you are looking for a rewarding career offering paid training at nearly $25 per hour, competitive benefits, and you share a passion for great service, apply today at csx.com slash careers. That's csx.com slash careers. CSX committed to supporting military and veteran families and their communities. CSX is an equal opportunity employer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So look, we stand, <laughs> we stand in the basketball world. Yes, I, gotta, sir. I gotta ask you because I need to know your thoughts on two things that transpired last night in the Portland Trail Blazers versus the Nets game, okay? It was two things that transpired. One, I don't know if you saw it because we were all were watching college football. I'm not gonna even sit up here and lie. I didn't even turn on one basketball game last night. Okay, it was, I did. It was championship, I did. And, it, and it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. I watch plenty more throughout the rest of the season. But it was a play last night where Kyrie Irving and Nassar Little were going for a 50-50 ball. And the young fella, Little, from the Portland Trailblazers, dove for the ball, and he kind of twisted Kyrie Irving's ankles, okay? Mm -hmm. And Kyrie felt like it was a dirty play. And so now the young fella from Portland, Little, is taking a lot of heat behind this. And I just want to – yeah, I, I know. I, give me – see when you make that face, I know you about – so Kyrie goes and says – we have no place for this in our game. And I just, you know, I, I'm, I, hold on, look, look, <laughs> I, I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. And so I actually, I ain't gonna lie, I, I, I lied a little bit. I actually saw the ending of that game because it was so good. The college football game was over. So I went because I'm like, hold on, the Trailblazers are up. Let me switch to this. Okay. Please explain to me. I need you to explain to me your thoughts because, man, I'm telling you, this dude is getting so much 
criticism right now, this young fella is, and I just need to know your thoughts, your thoughts on that particular play and what Kyle <laughs> you said and how you feel about it. Perk, I don't want to go ham because I haven't I got to be on the tra- full transparency. I haven't seen the play. Okay. I, I've seen a number of, of loose ball dives, mm-hmm. and usually the guy that's not diving for the ball get hurt. Yep. All right, that's basketball. Usually the guy that's not getting on the floor going for the ball that's the one that get his knees or ankle caught up in the wash. Talk to stop, me. Stop. Stop right there. So for all the cousins out there, we got a lot of cousins, but we got a lot of haters that tune in too. Yeah, bless so them. All, so all y'all out there that say, Swagoo, stick to football. No, he's going to talk basketball because what he just said right there was so key. And this, that's what's preached in every single locker room by a Everyone. coach. Every single locker room, a coach always says when it's a loose ball, is 50-50, be the first to hit the floor. Now, I don't even want to spend no more time because that was the – that was the, that, Perk, that. Perk, let me – since I don't know nothing about basketball, according to the <laughs> haters, um, even in football, if you're around a pile, you fall on the fumble. You don't try to bend down and pick it up because your ankle going to get rolled. All right, it's the same principle. Yeah. Uh, like, like it correlates. Anyway, anyway, I don't even, bro. Listen, okay, we, okay, yeah. we, 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 we got too much to dive. In. We, 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 we got yeah. a whole other topic we got to dive into. Okay, so Steve Nash situation. Oh, so the Steve Nash situation. I, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off, and I'm gonna say my piece, and I want you to dive in. My piece is gonna be quick. Okay, because I thought from the jump that he wasn't the right hire. You know what I mean? Because you had a guy like Ty Lue that was out there. You mm-hmm. had that didn't even get an interview. You had a guy like Mark Jackson that didn't get an inter- interview. That's neither here or there. I said it from the jump. I didn't believe that that was the right hire. I thought he got hired just solely off of what he did in his playing career. And I, I felt like that, you know, when it comes to situations like that, and I'm going to be very, very transparent and honest, you know, African-American coaches don't get opportunities to walk into coaching uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. They Perk, just don't. Perk, remind me what Steve Nash was doing before he got hired as the Nets coach. He was like a, a you know, player development type advisor, sit down with guys and things like that. You know, two mm-hmm. MVPs. You know, he get hired in the organization. That's part of it, okay? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I, uh, Kevin Durant, we know, wants to play the game of basketball. He wants to play. He want to hoop. Yeah, hooper. He want to hoop. Period. Leave him up. Well, now the Nets fans are on Steve Nash because Kevin Durant and James Harden are second Playing and third much. in minutes played per game. Fred Van Vliet is number one, by the way. So, my question to you, how worried are you about Steve Nash coaching, right? He blamed the loss last night because they lost to a depleted Blazer roster. Mm-hmm. He blamed it on the, the second night of a back-to-back. I need to know how – this is what Steve Nash said. He blamed their loss to the Portland Trailblazers who didn't have C.J. McCullen, Damian Lillard, or Norman Powell. Basically the whole team. Yeah, and by the way, Kyle, he talked about this back-to-back, but remember, Kyrie didn't play in the first game because he can't play at home. Can't play so, at home. So Kyrie actually was fresh. So I just I, I just need you to tell me, yeah, I know, bro, it's that confusing. It's, but we got to talk about it. Perk, you know, it. you know, for me, man, I stayed out of the, the whole Steve Nash hiring thing because I didn't know if it was some back channels and I didn't reach out to you. I didn't mm-hmm. know if he back-channeled the coaching uh, opportunity and it was something he had been building towards or whatever. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that with 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 these three players without some experience. I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. Like I, I get it, and sometimes we chalk it up to what well, KD, James Harden, and Kyrie can figure it out, mm-hmm. and they'll be fine no matter who on the bit. No, 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 no. I got caught up a couple of years ago thinking that about Eric Spoelstra. I was like, Eric Spolcher got LeBron, he got D-Wade, he got Ray Allen, he got Chris Bosh. Anybody be a good damn coach with them dudes. But there, but, but there are some organizational things you have to do 
as a as a basketball coach that's going to allow your stars to flourish and more importantly understand what their roles are night in and night out. The second thing is when I saw Tyloo win the championship, I was like, you know, you could do that with LeBron. But coincidentally, great coaches and great players go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually when you got Hall of Fame players like Shaq and Kobe, you got Hall of Fame coaches like Phil Jackson, and you got Hall of Fame coaches like Red Auerbach with 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 old school Bill Russell. You got it. It, it really correlates. Like it's very rare, very rare. Okay, come on, come that you that you get that you get a coach that ain't worth a grain of salt, even when he got superstars and they win championships. You think Pop just threw some damn bubble gum against the wall and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna put five out there. Good luck to y'all." No, yeah. he knew what Manu he knew what Manu role was. He knew Bruce Bourne was gonna spot up in the corner for threes and play lockdown defense. He knew Tim Duncan was his go to when he needed a basket. <laughs> he knew all of that. He knew all of that. So here's my thing with Steve Nash, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you have you have three of the most supremely talented offensive players in the history of basketball on the on your team and you've been given this opportunity to figure out how to make all of this coexist now i know it's some nuance because it's covid and Kyrie ain't been available and all of that man everybody's but, dealing with that it, all right all right i'm sorry i knew that was gonna piss you off that's why yeah, i said yeah, it because it's good for oh. it's good it's, it's good it's good for it's good for good for business <laughs> but here's my thing when you telling me that when you got james harden and you got Kyrie for away games, you still need KD for 40-plus minutes? So I was fighting with this notion, Perk. I was like, so is it that James Harden and Kyrie are not going to hold up the end of the bargain when KD is off the floor? Or Steve Nash don't know how to work rotations? And based on what I've seen from the Nets this year, he has a hard time determining how to mix in and move around rotations. Now, I get it. You got Kyrie back, and you're trying to manage what you want to do with these three dudes when you got them available. But the bottom line is, Perk, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know I don't know know about basketball. That's what people tell me. Mm -hmm. I thought that you build a team and you provide superstars to give breaks to one one of them or two of them at a point and not lose your lead or stay in the game. I thought that's why you had these type of guys. I thought that the Nets would be able to function with just Kyrie and James Harden as two superstars on the floor figuring out what their roles are. But see, here's the thing. I got caught as a casual basketball fan. And Perk, I got to admit this. And you know how much I love the game. I don't have to explain to you. You know how much I know the game. Yep. But I got caught being a casual fan. I was like, you know what? KD, James Harden, and Kyrie will figure this out. They'll figure out their rot- rotation. They'll figure out how to play together. They'll move James Harden to the point, and he'll facilitate and create all these. Bro, right now, I'm going to be honest. Right now, Steve Nash does not look like he know what he's doing. That's that's my observation. That That's not only your observation. That's Everybody observation okay. and right. who mine. And so I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. You know they say, so, I don't know nothing. So 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 first of all, you just spoke the gospel. I thought you was ready to retire from ESPN and go be a sister basketball coach. <laughs> because here's the thing when you even go back and look real quick at Eric Sposher, you look at the Miami Heat big three with Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. They took their bumps and bruises early. Yeah, yeah. But Eric Sposher. He figured it out. Eric Sposher, you know what he did? See, these stories, it may have circulated a little bit. But let me t- let me give you a story about Eric Sposher and, and his demeanor and his character. So him and LeBron didn't see eye to eye at first. He called LeBron in one morning to his office. True story. Closed the door. It's just him and, and Braun. Said, what the hell you want to do? What the hell you want to do? You want me out of here? You want me out of here? You don't think I'm the coach? Matter of fact, on his board, he had Pat Riley in the cell phone number. Call him and tell him you don't want me here. So you know what he did? He let Braun know I'm not. I'm not no pushover. And I'm the sudden, coach. I'm the coach. And all of a sudden, Braun level of respect went through the roof for Eric Sposher and vice versa. And all of a sudden, they started to figure things out. Okay, so let me because some people just say, "Oh, Perk, you give hot takes. You give just you just want to give the hot takes." Well, first of all, let me break something down to y'all real quick. 
When you're on TV, you have a minute and a half to two minutes to get your point across. And yes. I'm not the guy that's about to come on here and sit up here and, and walk people through uh, ice pick and roll coverage or red, that means front, or this and that, because you're not going to understand it anyway. If I wanted to do that, I would have accepted one of the four coaching offers I had to 100%. go be an assistant coach. Okay, 100%. so when I did turn to the game last night, Chauncey Billups flat out coached Steve Nash. Because yes. I'm going to tell you what ended up happening. Last night, I'm sitting there scratching my damn head and wondering, okay, Kyrie Irving, he brings the ball up. KD go stands in the corner or at the wing. And they called the big young fella up from North Carolina to come set a pick and roll. Well, why are you setting a pick and roll late in the fourth quarter with the big fella? Because they're trapping you. They were sending two. And they're trapping you. So – they're making the right pocket pass to the young big fella. And now he's caught in, in crucial moments to be the decision maker. And this is why I go back to saying that when you have two or three superstars in late in the fourth quarter with all the Hall of Famers that I played with, this is why they get paid the big bucks. You clear that side and you go two-man game with Kyrie Praise. Irving and KD and pick and roll, Praise and Lord. you figure out the mismatch, and it's that simple. That simple. So, and you transfer the basketball from one great decision maker to another one. It ain't about scoring. Yeah. It's about transfer the dude it, that's it, gonna make the play. Go ahead, my bad, my bad. It, it just, bad. it's just not that. It, it's not that hard. <laughs> By the way, I want to touch on this and tell you this point before we move on. Sean Marks and Steve Nash were teammates. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so okay. You, you know, we, 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 it. you know what I'm saying? I get it. Sean Marks, I get it. Former, yeah, the former teammate. So, you know, they're saying when people put out there about coaching jobs and offers and jobs in America, period, when people get certain jobs, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I want to talk about somebody that you're very familiar with and who you know, because mm -hmm. we got to end on this. We got to talk about Nick Saban, Alabama, Georgia in the playoffs. I didn't want to say nothing yesterday, and I know you felt some type of way when I posted who I had pick winning. I didn't even want to call you. I didn't. No. No, okay. I didn't. Well, go no, ahead. I, I don't even need to no, go, ahead, go ahead and dive into it. Give me a brief description. First of all, I'm going to tell you, I tweeted it. I thought it was one of I, – I thought that game lived up to the expectations and more. I thought Absolutely. I was mad. I was I was mad that Alabama wasn't at full strength for as mm -hmm. they receivers that want especially the guy that got hurt last Williams, night. Yep, yep. But I thought I thought overall it was a hell of a game, man. It was from start to finish, defense was great, everything about it. I, I'm telling you, I was very pleased with the game. I didn't even care who won, to be honest, but I thought it was a hell of a game. And I thought that the best two teams. Actually, we playing last night, yeah. and it was, and it's not yeah. even close. No, those were the no. best two teams in college. But go Bro, ahead and dive into something and tell me how you feel about some things. First of all, I, for, I was so happy about it, and, and let me tell you why. Because a lot of people don't know this. Um, Nick Saban was the head coach when I was at LSU. Mm -hmm. Kirby Smart was on that staff. So I know both of these dudes. Okay. I love them. I love them. Real close to them. Helped me tremendously in my career. Will Muschamp was our defensive coordinator at LSU at the time. Right. Jimbo Fisher was our offensive coordinator. So a lot of these coaches that you see having success, I have personal relationships with these guys. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter what the outcome was for me last night. I knew that I was going to be happy for mm -hmm. one coach and I was going to be disappointed for another one. I ain't going to lie. It is a little sweeter to see Kirby get his because I know Nick got seven, yep. right? Like, like we understand that. And I understand that that yep. Alabama was playing without all of their horses. And like I tried to explain to people last night, Perk, that's the way football is. Yep. That's the way sports is. Mm -hmm. You can't – You if KG would have went down in y'all championship run, y'all couldn't call and say, hey, let's postpone this till he get healthy. Right. That's not reality. It's and when they reality. put that down – when they put that trophy in Georgia – they ain't going to list all the players that was hurt for Alabama. Don't nobody care about that. Okay? So so I get it. I get it that it, it does impact how the game is played. It may impact the outcome. But you got to play. 
It don't matter. You got to play. And and, and I, I've listened for, for 15 years about how Alabama has stockpiled its talent and they got tremendous football players. And then last night, they ain't have none for some for some crazy reason. They well, we don't have no receipt. Well, in the past, y'all had guys that just was first round picks just waiting to play, right? right? So right. anyway, I don't want to get I don't want to get caught on that. Here's my thing, bro. Last night watching that game and seeing it go nine six at halftime, it was the most beautiful thing I've seen in football in a long time. In a day and age where we get enamored when the score twenty seven twenty four before halftime, and everybody thinks that that's a good game, you right. actually saw defense, you saw strategy, you saw missed opportunities, you saw field goals that were were paramount to how the outcome of the game was going to be. You saw failure, you saw success, you saw everything. Perk, I liken it to this, bro. I tell people all the time, Shawshank Redemption is one is my favorite movie of all time. Mm. If you ain't seen it, go see it, Perk. I'm telling you. It's long, but it's one of the greatest movies. But what, I'll tell you this. Text uh, me that name. because Okay, it's, it's with about, Morgan Freeman. You know about process skill. You know about process I got you. I got, I got you. I'll send it to you. I'll send it <laughs> to you. It's not all the way there in time. <laughs> hey, hey, we all have them. We, you know me. I ain't all there. Now, we ain't going to make people think we all, both of us all, I ain't all here. But what I will say is, bro, last night game for me was like movies that I liken to being the best movies I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Gladiator is in that. Um, Training Day is in that. Coming to America is in that. They touch every emotional high before the movie goes off. Come on. Right? And that's what that game did. You saw injuries, you saw big plays, you saw fumbles, you saw coaches trying to figure out how to how to get their team in a position to score. You saw Georgia at the end of the game with their quarterback Stetson Bennett just say, YOLO, I'm going to throw this thing and see if my receiver can make a play. Because sometimes that's what it's about. It's just mm-hmm. about are your guys going to be better this day than the guys on the other team. But when I saw the end of the game and I saw – and, and Perk, this is that for a lot of people, it's going to be hard to comprehend, but you and I can understand this because we've been in their locker rooms and we know how relationships go within sports, even when you're competing. Yep. Nick Saban was proud of Kirby Smart last night. I saw, I was, yes. He, he, was, was, he was proud of him on the field. It was he a was smile. He was proud of him. He, it was a smile. He said, Y'all kicked our ass in the, ass fourth, in the fourth quarter. quarter. Yes, yeah, man. I, that, that, yes. Because you know but what? Perk, he, it's he, because. Mm-hmm. It's because they have been in the trenches together yeah, for a long time. Yes. And both of them respect how hard it is to win. Mm-hmm. Not not only win, but win a championship at that. So that's something I want to get at with you, right? You want you you are a world champion. I won a championship in college. You were an NBA world champion. Perk, when that series was over, because this is what I saw. I saw I saw Kirby Smart not fully process what had just happened. You know? He was still he was still kind of in shock that he was a national champion and he had finally done it against Nick Saban after so many tries. Mm-hmm. Were, was your feeling after your championship more of relief? Were you excited? Or did it take you a while to fully understand what you had just accomplished? I, I didn't I didn't realize what I accomplished. Until a year later, mm. how about that? When I when when I won a championship in two thousand eight, it didn't hit me till a year later, and I and and let me tell you why, because you go numb. Yeah, now you go. It, it's like in the moment you're numb, and I always I always tell my family, I tell my wife this. I was like, man, if if I could have went back and re and, and 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 did the whole, you know. Post post game or championship celebration in the arena, I would have did a whole lot of things different. Yeah. I was just I was just numb, like, and I didn't I didn't even I didn't even realize. And I think it was because I was twenty four years of age, of what I just accomplished and the organization that I accomplished it in, and what I was a part of. Like I heard everybody talking about the great Celtic Lakers rivalry, and I knew about it. But now all of a sudden I was a part of it. And so I didn't realize it until we actually didn't get back to the championship the next year. Uh, and so all of a sudden, all of a sudden it hit you. And now when you see another team celebrating, it's like, hold on, I need that feeling again. I got to go and get so, it again. Yeah, man. And so, man, it's just like 
now even even you know 12 years late uh what is it not 12 about eight years later like 10 years later whatever it is right now bro no lie no lie it's no it's longer than that it's about 14 years now yeah well, so look anyway, that was 08. Yeah, yeah the same math class they know what i'm yeah, talking whatever about. so whatever here it is here, <laughs> here it is bro i tell people all the time you can and i'm not knocking it because i wasn't one you can make an all-star team you can make a you could be an all-star you could be an all nba all that's cool but nothing trumps of being a champion because you can ask a person this, you can ask a person this real quick, and I, and this this is how I feel. You gonna go sit down in the barbershop, and you can ask a person, "Hey man, who won the Super Bowl in 2006?" And it may take somebody in the uh, 30 seconds, or it may take somebody even shorter, or maybe a minute, no longer than a minute. If it's yep. 10 people in the barbershop, and somebody gonna say, "That's who won it in 2006," but if you go ask somebody hey, in 2006. Man, who all was pro bowl, pro bowlers? Man, you can't think of it. So when I say that to 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 bring it all together, is that when you're a champion, bro, it is different. It that lives, that lives with you. Like you know what I mean. Like when even you when are that you, you are, are that you are that. And so, yeah. man, it's the best feeling in the world. But I I do want to get off of me and talk about this this real quick because I know you know we gotta go. But I know, boy, right now we having a good conversation, great conversation. Oh, yeah, because I miss you, dog. But listen, I, I, same, I do. I really do. So here's the thing. Man, SB, that's the name I'm giving them. Stetson Bennett. Hey, man, look, I made my two oldest children come sit on the couch and watch this man play. And I can't, I, I, and I made them watch him shed tears and show his emotion mm -hmm. because of his story, bro. And and I have to give a lot of credit to Coach Smart because and a lot of coaches also need to take notice that, man, you don't have to go get the five stars and four stars. Man, go get somebody that you believe in, that you know that can play, that been looked, that been passed on and looked over and watch them take you to the promised land. You know what I figured out, bro? I figured out this, okay? This is what I figured out when I when I when I saw that moment. People, people are afraid to take chances because they're afraid of what others are going to think of them. Right? Coach Moore said, nah, I got one and I believe in him. And he believed in himself. And man, what he done yesterday, I know we already in, in we are just in the beginning of 2022, but he got the best story already. He got oh, yeah. the best, he got the best story already and you know what else i saw that made me realize how 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 his story and and how other players can impact the way that their teammates play dog did you see the guys come up to him on the sideline did you see his teammates come up teammates. to him on the sideline no it his teammates Perfect. almost looked like they were playing for him for him more than they, they were playing for themselves. They were. They were. And Perk, that's what's called that that is what what is called the intangibles. Those are the things, those are the things that you can't quantify, meaning you can't put stats to them. It ain't about how many yards he threw for. He ain't throw for five touchdowns. Um, I, I I credit the Georgia defense for being more of the reason they won the game. Ooh. But I'm with you when it comes to Stetson Bennett and his story and how much look, bro, to what the point you just made about his teammate, he inspired them during a national championship mm -hmm. to be better football players, to raise their level of play. The thing that I loved about what he said was he said, I was not going to be the reason Man. that these other guys didn't win a championship. Perk, Perk, it goes back to something you said early in one of our podcasts. I was wondering, I got to ask you, Swaggoo, I was sitting there wondering when he, when, he, when they had that call and it was a, it was a fumble. I, yeah. I said to myself, I said, I, I got to see how he's going to respond. Perk, that's oh we bro, cause we could preach you. I know you got you gotta get you gotta get ready. Listen, that moment 
is why you work your ass off in yes. the offseason. Yes. That's why you build all of that character, all of those beliefs, all of the adversity, is to see when the real adversity hit, how are you going to respond in that moment? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, I'm going to go out here and try to make a play for my team and ended up doing it. Here's the thing I want to say about Stetson Bennett, and we're going to get off this topic, okay. and I'm going to give you my championship feeling. The one to. thing I want to say about Stetson Bennett last night in that game, if you had any doubt in who you were, Georgia wasn't going to win that game. Mm. If Stetson Bennett had any doubt about his journey, his story, or where he could actually help this team win, if he had any doubt about that, they wouldn't have won the game because they needed that drive. They needed that drive in the worst way to go down and score a touchdown. And I got to give that Georgia coaching staff credit for saying, hey, man, it's in your hands. Go make plays. Mm-hmm. All right? that. But but to your point, Perk, it, it's already it's already one of the greatest sports stories. They going to make a movie about it. Like, listen, bro, SEC football, Georgia first national championship in 40 years, and a walk-on led them to it. They going to make a – it'll be a movie made about that. Let me, give, me your, give me yours. I need to hear Yeah, you. man. I, I so, need to know your feelings. So in 2003, four, we won a national championship at LSU. In mm-hmm. New Orleans, I was 45 minutes away from the crib, Perk, when I won the national championship. LSU hadn't won one in like 45 years or something. I remember, I was I watched the whole day. I know it, I know it, because you was watching your bro. I know it. Mm-hmm. When I got done with that game, it was so much relief, bro. All I felt was a sense of relief. I didn't I didn't feel a sense of celebration. Dude, I didn't even want to go up on the podium. My teammates had to tell me, "Hey man, you got to come up on the podium. You're a captain. You wanted to you, you you scored a right. touchdown in the game." I didn't even want to go on the podium perk because the only thing that I was thinking about was thank God we did not blow this in front of our people. Mm. That's bro. It was I. I never. I never told anybody this story. This the. This is a pod. This is a Swaggoo and Perk podcast exclusive. You're right, Swaggoo and Perk. Perk. It's the first game, and the last game, I ever played in that I was scared. Bro, yep. you was. I was so. You were scared because you cared. I cared, bro. I was so scared of failing. Mm. To where it almost like I had the liter like when we got done warming up, perk in in the pregame, I had to leave out of the locker room and go sit by myself to calm myself down. Mm-hmm. I had thirty family members in the stands. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yep. When I signed with LSU, I said we are going to win a national championship before we leave. And leading up to that game is the most fear I've ever felt in sports, period. And that's okay. And, dude, when it was over and that final that, that final buzzer, I just wanted to lay down. Mm. That's all I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was lay down. I ain't want no high fives. I ain't want to party. I ain't want to celebrate. Nothing. All I wanted to do, Perk, was lay down, bro. Mm-hmm. So after that game – my wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, Aisha, we, I found we. I, she was waiting on me after the game. We went to my uncle's house and ate fried catfish and drank Kool-Aid. <laughs> All my boys was hitting me up, Perk, like, hey, man, let's get on bourbon. Let's party yeah. this thing out. And Perk, I was so exhausted emotionally because mm-hmm. I was like, it's. I, I really took it. Like, for me, I internalized it and was like, if we lose this game, it's going to be my fault. Yeah. That's how I felt. Cause you had your you had your people with you. I had my people city, like Boosie. Like <laughs> I got my people with right me. Up. I got my people right with up. me. <laughs> but anyway, that's where I was, big bro. I, bro, I, I was I was I was relieved, man. But, and you and to it? your point about it about it hitting you a year later, it didn't hit me until we actually had the parade. That parade series, though. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a hundred to two hundred thousand people. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. That is the best thing of winning the championship is that parade. That it's parade nothing like that parade, dog. <laughs> right it's nothing like that parade. You can say what you want. Ooh. Yeah, get the trophy, look at it, and you can kiss it. That parade. 
That parade people, different. People sitting on stoplights and things of that. Dude, hanging that, all out. They in the garage. Yeah. They in parking garages. You, they sitting. Oh, the best thing about it, you get to do what you want. You, you do what you want, Perk. I was so Perk. I was so swagged out. I was <laughs> I was on that I was on that fire truck looking swagged out. I was trying to I was trying to be like I, I had a girlfriend, but I was like I wonder how many pretty girls want to holler at me now. <laughs> All of a sudden, you became extra handsome. Extra handsome. That yeah. boy handsome, boy. Hey. Like you said, what, what, I was a full meal on that parade, big homie. You hey, know look, it. Look, look, Swagoo, bro. I miss you, dog. And look, Same. we back. We back. This hill was, this hill was, we, we, we dropped some knowledge. We had to address some things. Here's the thing. Think about what we talked about. We went from the expectations of the Celtics, yep. right, Jason Tatum, we went talking about SB Bennett, his and what he accomplished. What Georgia, he did, Steve Nash, Steve Nash, and what expectations for him and the Nets. We talked about our championship experience. So here's here's the advice I got for you. Give it to me. Why settle for crumbs when you can go get the whole cake? Why settle for crumbs? Boy, you better, boy, you better get off this podcast, boy. Why, why settle for crumbs when you could go get the whole cake? Perk, listen. That's the mentality you got to approach in life. Man, don't settle for the crumbs. Go get the whole cake. I want the whole Amen. cake. Amen. Lord, Lord, the, the Lord know what he be doing by not giving us more time. He be doing what he be doing. But Perk, I said it. Listen, people be, people get crazy about the resolutions of the new year and everything. I'm going to tell you, and this is on behalf of me and you, me and you, Perk, and I want to give a disclaimer to America. Like mm. this ain't this ain't nothing I talk to Perk about. We got our we got our producer Dan, we got Andrea, we got Parker. I call it the starting five. These starting are the people five. that's literally in the trenches doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. 2022, Perk, our motto, more everything. Let's Boy, go. Let's get more it. everything. More let's love, more joy, more glory, hey. more money, more hey. more everything, dog. Let's hey, get it. 2022. Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle. We out. We out. We out. We out. This been swag with perk. I'll let y'all. More everything.